lizards. Two wizards. You're back, buddy. Well, I mean, like not back as in I'm I'm, I'm there in Alamosa with you, because because that did happen <laughs> recently. Not that yes, kind of yeah, it did. Together. Um, Our last did, episode we, we, was so epic in person that it took my body yeah. a whole extra week to recover from right. it. <laughs> right, yeah, you got so overwhelmed <laughs> by your own wizard's tankard and uh, gifts of rocks from the motherland that your, <laughs> that your whole immune system just went like, no, nah, man, we got to sit this out a bit. Um, <laughs> too much uh, Robert Howard and uh, drinking Four loco. We just got, you know, a little... Just pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> yes, but we are we are back. Yes. We're back. It's good to be here. It's good to have you joining us, dear kind listener. And, uh, well, one, we're bringing our ghostly month of October to an end. Um, granted, this episode will come out in November, but we're recording that right now. And, and yeah, who's counting? But it's when are we recording this? Because this is an extra spooky episode, right? And it's also an extra spooky episode because typically we record on Sundays. But we said, Nah, screw it. Let's do, let's record on Monday because it is All Hallows Eve, October thirty first. <laughs> We're doing it. I just got done uh, um, handing out candy to trick or treaters in the like designated two hour block <laughs> that, that we have. So. I'm I'm amped up on frozen pizza and um, baby Ruths, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited to record. Did you get any like any cool costumes? Oh yeah. Um, let's see. There were a couple cool. So, like the costume itself was a, was all right. There was one kid. I don't know. He's probably like fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. Those sort of like psychotic killer clown wasn't wasn't Pennywise, but that was like the the okay. gift that he had. Okay. And so he came up to the door and he said, trick or treat. I was like, hey, buddy, here's the mixing bowl full of fun-sized things. Go ahead and grab two or three for yourself. And he's kind of like strategically seeing, okay, well, do I want a Twix? Do I want two Twixes? Do I want three Twixes? <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and it's not like I got impatient or anything, but I think the kid realized he was taking a little too long. And so he looks up at me and says, oh, don't mind me. I'm just clowning around. But um, <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, did you give him the whole goddamn bowl? Because you got to give him I the whole goddamn to. bowl. I wanted to be like, open up that backpack, <laughs> son. <laughs> but um, yeah, there, there were some good ones. Um, there's a whole family in like the Inflata costume things. Oh, um, yeah. So like the, the dad was the T-Rex that everybody's seen. Um, two of, the, two of the, the kids were the Among Us kind of alien space did you catch that kind of craze at all? The Among Us. No, I. Do no. you even know what I'm talking about? I, okay. I know what you're. Wait, Among okay. Us. That's the one, and it's like the weird. Um, they look like crappy minions, right? With a big eye. Right. right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, oh exactly. yeah, you talk to people, and it's like, oh, this one is the one who's not one of us. Yeah, he's the imposter because he's acting sus. So yeah, yeah, two of the kids were like in- inflatable those things, and like. Because they were round and so silly, um, 
like one, they couldn't even walk up the steps <laughs> for fear of like falling over. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then they were also like Ralphie in A Christmas Story because their hands were just, their arms were just like stuck out to the side. So I had to, they had to like swivel their body to put their little uh, bucket in front of me. And so I, I dispensed two or three. So that was kind of <laughs> cute too. That's right on. Too. But um, yeah, uh, I, well, it, and I know it's a little different, like you being in an apartment complex and whatnot. But like, uh, yeah, I guess like how, how does trick-or-treating worked for you in the past like do you even get anybody do you just like sit on the balcony and huck um hershey blow pop or yeah hershey tootsie roll pops at people as they're crossing by <laughs> nah like no one no one's ever come here i've been in this we've been in this place for like seven years and no one's ever mm. been up and i think it's because we're on the third floor and you know you know these kids yeah. today the these kids today okay. no i don't it's well, also I've been told by several, like, contractors who have worked on my house, like, you know, like, repairs and shit, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I always thought this was low-income housing, so I kind of wonder if, like, kids see our <laughs> building, and they're like, oh, no, that's a bunch of poor folks in there. They don't give you candy. <laughs> I mean, that could be a fair point. Yeah, that could be it, too. Well, because um, it's like us, and then we're, like, right next to a, like, housing authority complex it's right just like okay yeah. i get where you're coming from like okay that is right yeah that but, is right. yeah no we don't really get them we were supposed to have them at a uh, work today it was supposed to be like oh yeah bring your kids for the last you know you get them from school and hang out and we'll mm-hmm. give you all candy but we didn't get any kids either so i don't know i mean yeah i was i mean one i, I was glad because of course you know last couple of years coming out of covid world that that took a real kind of damper like yeah. kids like and it was, it was the whole weird like like there were some people and i think i even remember telling this some people like rigged up some pvc pipe so that they would sit on their steps and then the trick-or-treaters would just walk on the sidewalk and then they'd like slide two or three like kit cats through the pvc pipe <laughs> <laughs> down to... can't tell if that's awesome or terrible exactly that's exactly it it's like okay that's amazing like Making work, yeah, like making do with what you have, but also like just how sad, <laughs> just how sad that is. <laughs> but it is still also amazing. Um, but uh, but but yeah, so we we actually got like some decent decent numbers this year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right um, on, but right on. and so I, yeah, I guess it's it's with that spirit, just handing out candy. It is Halloween, and we're ending yeah our month of ghostly stuff, and so. I, th- I think we even got so excited we even skipped this part, but welcome to the Two Wizards Podcast, everybody. My name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. Yeah, welcome to the Two Wizards Podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. We didn't skip it. That was just like a really, really long, cold open. <laughs> yeah, see? Right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'll cut it in like halfway through whatever you were saying. It'll make no sense. It'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, they were sliding down the tube to the kid. I don't know. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> And that's where we'll pick up. <laughs> and, that, and that is, yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, yeah, okay, but no, so, here we are. Happy Halloween, everybody. Mm-hmm. We're going to get spooky. We're rounding out our spooky month of ghosts. I'm so glad to not have to talk about ghosts anymore. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> and it was. I think we were both, like, kind of brainstorming, like, all right, late September, what do we want to do? We don't really want to do another, like, Halloween media challenge. But So what can we do instead? Uh, and we're like, yeah, ghosts, that'll be great. But then... Like many things that we do, like the best laid plans of Mark and Josh <laughs> off gang Angley. <laughs> Just like, oh, it, 
Another ghost animal? What 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 else could there be? Cows? <laughs> <laughs> you know how close we came to doing ghost cryptids? Uh, yeah, that, that was one. We floated. We floated. Being I, yeah, I, <laughs> and really, it's like the Loch Ness monster, like very, very loosely, according to one book from the seventies. I'm like, we can't, we can't, no. <laughs> and you, that's why I didn't feel that bad last week when I was all sick and shit. And I was like, I can't do that, like because right. okay, mermaids that we can no sell and just say this is the dumbest shit we've ever talked about, but we can laugh about it, you know? Right, right. But that's when we're like pert and mentally fit, and instead of me like. All like Nyquil hammer, just like oh, uh, uh, ghosts, right. and uh, uh, the, this train is made out of ghosts. Uh, this plane crashed, <laughs> and the plane is made out of ghosts. Uh, like yeah, no, but we are back. We're back, baby. Yeah, Here we we're are, back, baby. We're back, and we also have our wizards rightons with us here. So, Mark, what is in your wizards rightons? Well, being that this is Halloween, I thought I'd do something special. And really, the long and short of it is, Josh, Halloween is a satanic holiday, and it distracts from the light and glory of God. So in honor of that, tonight I am drinking Sweet Baby Jesus Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter <laughs> out of Dewclaw Brewing. Yeah, which that is, that's made, I think, several appearances already, right? Sweet, sweet so this is Jesus. my first uh, Sweet Baby Jesus. I got this up in um, Estes Park last weekend, or this, this weekend. Oh, yeah, I'd Did never I seen it, and I literally Jesus? bought it because of the name. I think I had a sweet baby. I don't know. Maybe... Don't know. I'll send you a picture. Okay. Maybe yeah, you've perfect. had one. I think I had one. I think, I think maybe I that's it, before. yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I did something like sweet baby Jesus or something like that. Uh, yeah, well, that it, does sound really familiar. Yeah, it, it, right. it could be. It could be. Uh, well, and then at least what I'm starting off with, because I have kind of several options here, but I'm starting off with, um, uh, yeah, Mrs. Wizard went out. Um, I said, like, yeah, if there's some sort of pumpkin-y thing, great. If not, you know, whatever. And I don't know, maybe I missed I, I missed my chance because uh, she, she couldn't find any pumpkin beer. Uh, but I do have, instead, from Thirsty Dog Brewing Company, uh, you may remember them from the 12 Dogs of Christmas when we watched <laughs> the 12 Pups of Christmas. This is their, uh, so yeah, same brewery, but this is their Barktoberfest. German style Oktoberfest. And this is a Ooh. cute, this is a really cute label that I will also have to take a picture and post because it's a whole bunch of dogs out in a pumpkin patch howling at the moon. And there's not a man in the moon. There's not a rabbit making mochi in the moon, but there's a St. Bernard uh, with a keg in its mouth. In, in the moon. <laughs> so, yeah. So cheers, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Whew, that is strong. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah? That's all right. Uh, okay. All right. Well, so... Okay, so we did... Looking back. Reflecting looking back. on the ghostly month that was October for the Two Wizards mm -hmm. podcast. We did sort of like a loose shroud of ghosts. Talking like a about, crash course in ghostiness. Yeah, cra crash, co crash course. Talked about our own experiences. Uh, then we did... Uh, go, go, ghost animals, right? Uh-huh. We did ghost animals. Talked about some spooky animal ghosts. Uh, and then and then that's when I was in Alamosa in October. Yeah. And we yeah. did not exactly ghost stories, but also kind of like ooky spooky stories and things. 
Ooky spooky so, weird fiction stories spliced in with yeah. some listener submitted ghost stories. Your Mrs. Yes. Wizard oh, had yeah. a no, cameo. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a two because we did. I was in the room watching your reaction to her giving that, and you were freaked the hell out. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> that was trippy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so and so we're rounding it out. You might say that you know this ghostly journey is at its end, and where do you go? After a long day on the road, where do you come back to you to, to, to kick off your shoes, put up your feet, sink back in, in your chair? What is that place? Well, it's home. And so we're going to be talking about ghost homes, ghostly houses, <laughs> ghosts and homes. <laughs> well, well, more like a collection of ghostly houses, like it is in a ghost town. Mm. I wrote in my outline that you and I are about to go on an ooky spooky road trip up Route 666. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, you know, maybe talk about whatever other kind of ghostly things along the way, too, because screw it. Um, well, actually, now that I think about it, this was this was last Friday. Um, this is something that, yeah, the Mrs. Wizard has wanted to do pretty much since the first year we moved to Columbus. Um, but they'll have little, like, ghost walking tours. Okay. All through the month. And so it is. It's like kind of walk around Columbus or uh, some of them are like the little like Segway things that you ride. Um, there's one that was even like a boo. What was it? Like booze and brews. Where it's like, Ooh. yeah, you go to these bars and have a drink and hear ghost stories and get shit faced and like repeat that uh, like That's five cool. or six times. That's um, super cool. Yeah, it is. It's super cool. And so we want to do that forever. And just, you know, we'd have travel come up or something. But it finally happened this year. And so we did. We met at the um, Ohio uh, uh, State House because Columbus is the capital of the state. So we met out there, um, had our guide kind of tell us some kind of cool stories about, um, yeah, like apparently there was like a huge uh, uh, penitentiary prison. Uh, right, right there downtown by the banks of the Scioto River. And so he was telling us some of those ghost stories. Um, apparently, Abraham Lincoln uh, is said to haunt the state house there. Um, oh, when he when he was still a senator, uh, but was campaigning to be president, there was a Columbus guy um, who was kind of like, oh, I, this. This hillbilly yokel ain't gonna, he's gonna be present over my dead body because I'm rich Mick Robber Baron uh, <laughs> from, from the great state of Ohio. And so he, so he invited good old Honest Abe uh, to come to this big pa- uh, 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 party, this big ball that he was throwing, thinking that, yeah, this backwaters born in a log cabin motherfucker would embarrass himself. Um, but little did Rich McRobber Baron know that his own daughter knew what was going to happen and s- said, like, oh, silly daddy. And so as soon as Abraham Lincoln walked in, she asked Abe to dance. And with that, it was a huge su- success. Abe was charming. He was helpful. He was witty. Um, <laughs> he was flipping <laughs> it out, not him counting it. And so <laughs> to this day... To this day, people who, um, yeah, like either like security guards or like people working late, they will sometimes hear a violin playing in the state house. 
and they oh. walk into the road they, they they walk into the rotunda where the where the ball was set up and they will see the ghost of Abraham Lincoln and this uh, young debutante dancing and okay it's pretty goddamn cool <laughs> that's pretty goddamn cool yeah. yeah so so uh one more little ghost story that I get to add in that I just learned about yeah like 3 days ago so hell yeah uh, all, right, all right, but enough of enough of your silly Columbus ghost stories, Josh. We have other things to talk about. So, so, so Mark, take us away. Where where are we headed? What are we talking about? What are we doing? Ghost towns and things. Yeah, ghost towns. We're so for our purposes tonight, we're talking about ghost towns. The idea of abandoned settlements that we made up. And then we abandoned for whatever reason. You can still go to a lot of these places. Ghost towns can range in size from a couple bu- buildings. Like, you know, you see in American West, like, boom towns during, you know, the gold rushes or the silver rushes. You know, these towns spring up overnight and get real popular. And then the gold runs out. Well, then the money runs out and everybody just beats feet and leaves. Or you can have things like in the Chernobyl or, you know, the region of Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. With, um, I, what did it say? Um, so in that region... They abandoned something like 200 villages due to the uh, Chernobyl disaster. Uh, 500,000 people just up and left. So, like, you can have a little ghost-like hamlet, or you can have a ghost fucking 500,000 people town. Wow. Whew. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it's weird. If, like, we see ghosts in photography as, like, you know, we want to believe so damn bad. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we like to project an image onto ghost towns. Mm. Because it's not like, you know, the pyramids. It's not some grand ruin to stand the test of time. It's a thing that, in some cases, will be around for another thousand years. Like, there's an abandoned village in India that they just said, you know what? We're good here. We're going to move this our people to a different spot. We need more space. And then their new city grew up around the old city, and the old city kind of got lost in the new city. Yeah. It's it's like yeah, it's like a tangential ghost town of abandonment. Or nature pops up and ruins your day, and we're gonna get into it. And I just called it with nature ruining your day. <laughs> nature says no, 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 not in my house. <laughs> First stop on our ghostly road trip is in the province of uh, Savona on the kneecap of Italy. It's either the kneecap or the thigh gap, depending on how you interpret the country of Italy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's up there right there in the... I don't know. I, I think thigh gap, but maybe I'm just horny. I don't know. Yeah, w- whatever your fetish may be, uh, <laughs> that's what it is for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween. Time for sexy long boots. Um, <laughs> up on this little hillside is the old city center of Balstrino. Uh, the city dates back to medieval times. There is a medieval castle, and we've dated it at least to the 1300s because of crossbows we found on site, which oh, is kind of cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, it also has amazingly heavy amounts of seismic activity. I kind of learned this week. I sort of knew, but I learned, all, but I relearned, I guess, that mm. Italy is just lousy with seismic activity. Oh, dang. The city was abandoned because of the gross amount of earthquakes that kept occurring. They just there's so many earthquake earthquakes. People said, "Okay, we're done," and they up and moved. Oh, in 1951. But like this is a mild inconvenience because again, you're just up and moving. No one died. It's not mm-hmm. like in you know the Strait of Messina in 1908 
when a tidal wave or a tsunami created by a 7.1 magnitude earthquake killed 200,000 people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe they're just tired of uh, 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 hanging their spaghetti up to dry, and then the <laughs> earth shakes and it gets all kind of crinkly. And they're like, Maria, I cannot use this. We gotta go. <laughs> Sorry to our Italians. Sorry, I had to go there. I had to. Uh, we don't have any Italian listeners. <laughs> I'm trying to make a tagliatelle here, not the farfalla. <laughs> this whole pasta industry is collapsing. <laughs> whole pasta industry. Is that a title away? Ah! <laughs> Also, listeners will know that that was actually a really fucking funny pasta joke that I just made. It was a really good one. It is. Because I love pasta. Italy, if I tease you, it's because I love you. That's a really goddamn good pasta joke. You don't even know. We kid because we love. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, anyway, sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) So uh, 200,000 people died in the, you know, tidal waves. And it just, that's not so much like a ghost town. It's just an earthquake came up and, you know, killed a bunch of people. Well, the wave came up and killed a bunch of people. But, you know, it was also still abandoned. All those goddamn villages that didn't get washed away because no one was living them anymore. Mm, Yeah, true, true. Um, A final note of shittiness out of Italy. Uh, The town of Abazano was leveled by an earthquake in 1915. When ninety six percent of its population was killed, that's Holy thirty thousand people. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's that's so many people dead in an earthquake. Like I can't wrap my head around that. It's it's goddamn nuts. Yeah, that's. Insane. But again, that's literally that right there. That's a fucking ghost town because of all those people buried, like right. just instantly. And right. again, you know, it's Italy, so we got to shout out Vesuvius, but that's yeah. natural disaster. That's not ghost town. It's, you know, something horrible happened and preserved it so we could see it later on. And we yeah. could all go, did you see that guy jacking off in Vesuvius? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I... Well, and and it is a, a very kind of fine distinction that, that you're making and and i appreciate that you're making that distinction cuz it is it's like we're not just talking about yeah just like this natural disaster that happened and then just killed everybody it's like something caused all these people to move or or up and quit or whatever it's not it's it's not that everybody died it's everybody's like well we don't want more people to die so we're out of or whatever it happens to be i don't know i didn't realize that like Ghost towns seem so kind of straightforward, uh, but they're complicated. Like what? Is, they, what is a ghost? They town? really are. Yeah, and and I yeah, and it is the the point of like, well, what do you do? Do you up and move like the 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 people in the first village? And they're like, enough of these goddamn earthquakes. We've been putting up with them for you know six hundred years. We're, we're out of this, you know. Right. And right. now those people are safe. Like that city is still relatively thriving and it's doing really well. Versus. Uh, Abenzano that got leveled by an earthquake, which you can't see it coming, but it's important to point this out that like people are can be smart. People can make choices that are good for them and go, this is a bad idea. We shouldn't do it anymore. Like, yeah, th- this is also true. This is also true. Yeah. 
There was a peaceful town called Rock Ridge. There was a peaceful town called Rock Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> Are we to stay up and quit? <laughs> I also like these because they're more recent. Like, 50, these are 50s and... Yeah, uh, it's, it's 105 years ago in one case, but, like, it's recent. It's not, you know, the volcano went off, so we ran away in fear. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that the... Uh, uh, earth earth shaker deity is mad at us. It's like, no, yeah, it's people driving their cars around, and then they're like, ah, oh, shit, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, like, yeah, a guy is reading a newspaper and going, man, this Mussolini's a real piece of shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is recent. Even more recently, Josh, within the window of you and I. Like, that's how recent. In 1989, the uh, planned Canadian community of Lemieux... It was built up in 1989 and then promptly abandoned in 1991 when they realized that they were that the uh, lead in the ground was leaching up into the well pretty much everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. The the community existed, they planned it, they didn't look well enough and the clay had a lot of lead in it when they built their foundations and it started coming up through their pipes and people were getting sick and they go, "Oh, well this ain't going to work." So they leveled the town. But there is some foundation left. So really, this is like a foundation ghost town. Okay. It's a ghost. It's a it's a ghost town of basements. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and I I don't want to beat this point. I just I don't want to like. Ghost towns can pop up anywhere, um, for a variety of reasons. I also think it's funny that like people in Italy go. There's a lot of earthquakes and they up and move. But people that live in like Tornado Alley, Oklahoma keep rebuilding their goddamn shanty trailers in the same path of the tornado every year. So is it, yeah. you know, that determined optimism of you're not going to get me down, I was born here, I was raised here, and ain't no <laughs> cracker-croaking t- tornado going to roust my shanty? I don't know. Maybe. Right. But your pasta's ruined either way. It's either SpaghettiOs right. or Farofale, and it's fucked either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it... it... I, I think there is. I think, I mean, I can't chuck that up to anything other than, yeah, just like a cultural thing where it is, yeah, this idea of like, uh, piss on you, this trailer was built by Mel Brooks. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, saying like, no, whatever, I'm, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm born here and raised here, I'm, which is really funny because like, sure, there's that element of like culture to it but then like how many of those yeah like italian and uh, french kind of families it's like everybody lives in the same house and like you're you're there in the same house for like like yeah like generations but then Mm -hmm. if shit goes like bad it's like okay well i guess i guess that that's that that's all she wrote yeah and it's just all right i guess we're gonna start over again okay cool yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. but i like the idea too like you build up better, you know? You come back stronger than you were, and yeah, you flourish, I guess. So. I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah, you beat no, your head against a wall and get buried. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very inspiring message, I think. I think I'm worried about the election, and I think I'm projecting that. I'm really worried about midterms, I think, and I think I'm projecting that with my <laughs> beating your head against the wall over and over again. And I apologize, that's the last time I'll say it. Nah, you're alright, buddy. You're okay. It's it, again, man. It's weird, weird times. Weird times all around. Well, so as we continue on our spooky road trip down our spooky highway, 
I see some spooky headlights in our rear. Josh, is that a ghost car? It could be. It could be. Talk to me about it, buddy. Well, yeah, so so this is probably the most famous or most infamous uh, ghost car ever. And this is James Dean's Little Bastard. Um... Which I think we I think we kind of like hinted at this one when we were talking about our like cursed objects episode, because um, yeah. I was talking because I was talking about a different kind of cursed car that ended up like killing eight people, um, and then you were like, oh yeah, that, that's like James Dean's little bastard. I was like, oh yeah, no, totally right. And so we are. I guess we're giving this thing. It's like do, well, but I, I even hate to say that because because fuck this car. Um, I know this car is such a it literally is a little bastard. Yeah, it is. They could not have well and we'll even get into that. So so this uh, kind of report comes courtesy of jalopnik.com um, uh, and it's an online article published by and I'm quoting this here, the Auto Insider. Um Insider, I've barely test driven her, but I'm um, uh, sorry. There's a little lewd. There's a lewd joke I made there. Um, okay, and so yeah, and so this is published December 31st, 2008, uh, by the oh, wow. auto okay. by, by the auto auto insider, the curse of James Dean's little bastard. And so, uh, I I'll admit this up front. I know nothing. I know virtually nothing about cars and makes and models and I just know gas goes in tank, turnkey, hold pedal, go. And like every once in a while you're supposed to change the oil for some reason. Um, that's <laughs> that that is the extent of my car knowledge. Um Yeah. And are yeah. good and because I also am not a car guy. Yeah, I just I, it's just not it's just not it's just not my thing. I never like I know and and I and I've made this sort of joke but it's not even a joke because it's just the truth like i know more about like good uh spaceship design than i do about like a car day-to-day basis uh but anyway so so this car itself james dean's little bastard is a porsche 550 spider uh spider spelled with a y um (laughs) (laughs) uh and maybe that will mean some things to some people it doesn't to me, and I'm sorry. It's really rare, right? They only made, like, a handful of them? Uh, it's something like that. Something like that. Hey, so. guys, if you are into cars, please let us yeah. know. Yeah, tell us why Josh us. and I are, like, not giving this the due diligence we ought to be because we don't get cars, but... <laughs> I have blown That's three tough. transmissions, and I yeah, still right. don't know what the fuck a transmission is. Yeah, I... No clue. No clue. <laughs> Like it's 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 above me. It's you might as well ask me to do basic algebra. I just it ain't gonna happen, yeah. dog. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know torque is important for trucks, but I still I I still don't know what that is. What's well, oh, like? Well, yeah. yeah, the wheels spin. Like that's just it. Um. <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, so yeah, James Dean, the actor, uh, was filming Rebel Without a Cause, and apparently the car that he owned before was a. Uh, 356. Is that also a, a, a 356 Spider? I don't got to, I, I guess so. I guess it is. A Porsche 356 is another sports car, I guess. <laughs> and uh, he yeah, deci- it is. 
Yeah, it, I, yeah. It is, I also, it is a sports car. Yeah. I, I also just had to verify in an internet browser. So yeah, they can go for up to, for a, up to a hundred thousand dollars per at auction. Okay, new plan. Next week, you and I are just talking cars. We're gonna okay, find our yeah, favorite we'll, we'll cars and go crazy. And Mayhan will be like bleeding out of his ears for some reason. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Um, <laughs> James Dean was over the three fifty six. Wanted to upgrade to the five fifty Spider and. He, he wanted to have his own kind of like stamp on it. His own kind of, yeah, like customization of it. So he called up an individual named George Barris to customize this thing. And so George Barris is apparently another movie car famous person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't know this. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing a 200-page dissertation. Bear with me. Um <laughs> So he redid the seats, he painted two red stripes, uh, plastered the number 130 on the doors, and the hood and the engine. And, all that. and so, um, and the car was dubbed the Little Bastard, or just Little Bastard, by Bill Hickman, who was apparently Dean's like language and diction coach. Um, okay, okay. And then Little Bastard was also uh, later painted on. Uh, by uh, Dean Jeffries, who is apparently a pro- uh, professional at, at doing that. December 23rd of 1955, the year 1955, uh, James Dean happened to come across Sir Alec Guinness outside of a restaurant. Obi-Wan um, fucking Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And said, like, hey, Alec, come like take a look at my car here. And... Um, uh, upon seeing the vehicle, Guinness told Dean that the car had a sinister appearance and then told him, and this is going to be my best Alec Guinness slash Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, voice. Okay. If, if you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. <laughs> That's pretty all right. Ah, it's, it's okay. You know what? I knew what you were going for. If you hadn't told me you were doing Alec Guinness, I'd still know you were doing Alec Guinness. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um, And yes, wouldn't you know it, seven days later, September 30th, 1955, that is exactly how James Dean died in Little Bastard, the uh, car crash. But it didn't stop there, Mark. It didn't stop there, listeners. George Barris, (laughs) the same one who souped up the car, customized it, detailed it up, um, bought the wreckage. He, he, he purchased the, the, the wreckage because he had an, an attachment to that, to that car uh, for the tidy sum of um, $25,000. Oh, my God. For, for, oh, for a me, total me, car. Excuse, excuse me. Like... Excuse me. Hold, hold, hold on. I, 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 oh. I, I, I misspoke. Bought it for $2,500. Inflation-wise, today, what that means in 2021 dollars would be like 25000 So I, I misspoke. Well, I just don't understand why you can't go to college and get a you know part-time job at Burger King to pay for the college, Josh. You want yeah, too much. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I know. This is, this um. is you. <laughs> so, God, so, he... wow. Like, not to, like, totally just, like, you know, hit the brakes here, but that inflation is insane. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's like 10 times, 11 times, something like that. Um, so, bought the wreckage of Little Bastard. As it was getting loaded onto the trailer, it it fell. The wreckage f- 
fell off the trailer, slipped off the trailer, broke someone's leg. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, like shit happens sometimes. You know, I didn't cinch the rope right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just bad timing, right? It's, it's, it's the 60s. Timing. We didn't believe in safety yet. Like, OSHA yeah, didn't right. exist. Yeah, except also George Barris sold the engine and drivetrain. I know what an engine is. I think I know what a drivetrain is. Um, I think sold those that's parts. what powers it, right? The power comes out of the engine, the drivetrain moves. Yeah, the, the engine spins yeah. the drivetrain, I believe, rotates the drivetrain, whatever, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think sold, that sounds correct. That sounds about right. So sold those parts to one Troy McHenry and William uh, Eskrid. Those two were racing one another in cars, assembled from various pieces and parts of Little Bastard. Uh, McHenry, during this race, lost control, hit a tree, killed him instantly. Uh, and Eskrid was seriously injured when his car suddenly locked up and rolled over while going in, into a turn. Oh my god. So, okay, so body so count. James Dean, dead. Mechanic, uh-huh. broken leg. Uh-huh. Troy McHenry, dead. Uh-huh. Uh, Eskrid, seriously injured. So four casualties, two deaths, two severe injuries. God. Okay, yeah. Uh, but we're still not done. Starting to believe a little bit, you know? Yeah, and we're still not done. Barris had two tires left from Little Bastard that were seemingly untouched. Like, okay, sure, there's a big car crash, you know? Something's going to be banged up. These tires were okay, apparently. He sold them, but then also they blew out simultaneously, causing <laughs> that car, that, that owner's car to run off the road. So we're up to five now. I'm not laughing, okay? I'm not I'm not laughing at this dude from 1960. Yeah. Like but what yeah. the fuck, man? Like the the tires you're Yeah, even even the tires. Um <laughs> re- realizing I guess one that this is kind of valuable and maybe in embarrass his mind he's realizing like okay, this is kind of screwed up. Maybe I should like kind of cool it with this. Um Bears kept what was left of little bastard. Um uh, uh, he, he just kept it to himself wasn't going to sell any, any other things I'm just going to lock it away in the garage and wouldn't you know it two thieves stopped by and broke in one night um, one of the thieves had his arm like split open uh, trying to steal the steering wheel oh and the other thief uh, was trying to like remove the seat that had James Dean's blood on it and he got injured in some way too so we're up to what seven now? Seven? Yeah, yeah. What uh, the, what George Bear says, "Okay, enough of this. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna like hide this thing away forever." But Chips, the highway, the California Highway Patrol, um, said, "Like, hey, what if we just show off this car as like sort of like a hey, kids, don't drink and drive." going to prom what if we have this as like a highway safety thing um okay yeah like a scared straight type deal yeah like a scared straight kind of thing uh the first time that they tried to exhibit this uh the garage that housed it caught fire and burnt down (laughs) but the car little bastard was untouched uh so they said all right uh take two Let's tour this thing. And at a local high school, uh, again, this car fell off its display and broke a student's hip. No. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Stop. 
like, little bastard was being JFK transported the again. Goddamn ocean, man. Yeah. It was being transported again when the truck carrying the car lost control, causing the driver to fall out and somehow getting crushed under the car, under Little Bastard, after it fell off again. No, it didn't. Yes, it okay. did. Okay. And then the car fell off two more transport trucks while driving on a highway, but fortunately yeah, I, did not injure anybody. I think... I think the real demon here is not properly securing your, like, yeah, load. I guess so. <laughs> what the fuck? And so, I, we're, we, we, we've got to be in double digits now for just how many people Little Bastard has <laughs> fucked up. And so Chips decided, okay, you're right, George Barris, we should have listened to you. Here's your Deathmobile back. As Little Bastard... Uh, the the Porsche 550 Spider, as it's getting transported back to George Barris one last time, it vanished. It went off the radar, and we have no idea where it is. So, like, Little Bastard can still be out there, like, rolling Could over be... people today. Yeah, if you... Yeah, uh, if you pick up, like, a keychain that has a spark plug... On it, because I think that's a car part. <laughs> Who knows? It could be. It could be the little bastard keychain. Who's to say? Oh, look at this sweet ass or hood ornament. Yeah, hood ornament. It is. It is open season for little bastard. <laughs> Still wreaking havoc. <laughs> so, all that is to say, which like I. And I don't know, maybe this is my little bit of a hot take too, but like... Yeah. The, the also kind of weird, like, uh, um, yeah, like death tourism. And, okay, and granted, I, I realized I just said I was on like a walking ghost tour. Um, but but that But that's different. Kinda... You're on a walking ghost tour of a location. Like, someone isn't bringing a thing to you that was like, hey, a lot of people have been killed by this object. You want to check it out? You want to pay me 25 bucks to check it out? Like... Right, or like we did... You're looking um, at history versus like, look at this dead body. You want to poke this dead body? Right, and and that's also where I kind of draw the line too, right? Like, it's not like... But, 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 but it, is. It, it is. It does still kind of brush up against some of the weird like... Yeah, this thing, like, 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 we're imbuing this thing with like extra meaning because there was a lot of heartache and atrocity and like things with it. And I know, just like we were talking about with our like loose shroud intro to ghosts. Um, yeah, when like there's that like, yeah, where there's like a psychic tear in an area and that imbues that place with some like residence, some like residue of um, yeah. Yeah, whatever happened, like, you got to be careful, like, playing with that stuff, man. You know, too, though, because it kind of, on the other side of that coin, it kind of reminds you of, like, that, um, the, the group of grad students that, like, created the ghost. Precisely. Precisely. So, like, Which... here's this, like, evil-ass haunted car that's so cursed and just ruins your day, and, like, yeah, maybe, okay, so, like, it falls off the trailer, not a big deal. Shit falls mm -hmm. off the trailers all the damn yeah. time. Mm -hmm. But then the drive shaft goes... And then, um, I forget what the other part of it, the wheel, so the wheels blew up. Yeah, the wheels. The drive shaft exploded. Guy trying to steal the, um, steering wheel. 
Yeah. Well, so like, yeah. And as you progress more and more, it's like, oh, okay. So maybe we just say Porsche made a bad version of a car, right? So the drive mm-hmm. shaft was just faulty. It didn't matter what car this was in. It just unluckily enough happened to be in James Dean's car, yeah. but it gets another kill. So it compounds to the legend. And we project this onto it that, oh no, this car, this inanimate hunk of metal and rubber is in fact evil and is yeah. out for human blood. Yeah, and and uh, some might even go so far as to say uh, maybe a little bit of hubris to actually name this thing a little bastard. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. there's like like we've okay so in um, the like classical literature class that I'm TAing, uh, we have moved on to Jason and the Argonauts, like that story. Okay. Um, and one of the areas, so like what 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 we call the Black Sea today, uh, what the ancient Greeks would call that sea is the Euxine, uh, E U X I N E, and that means like hospitable or like friendly to strangers, and they named it that. Precisely because it was the opposite. This was a super deadly sea to, like, try to travel. But the Greeks were like, well, if we give it a good name, maybe we'll, like, counteract that that negativity. And so I also, and maybe that's oh. just kind of where my head has been. Like, maybe if they named it the little good boy. <laughs> the, the little, sweet, yeah, the, the little. The tofu boy spider. Yeah, the helps grannies cross the street boy. <laughs> The Boy Scout. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It it does just get weird. That's that's what I'll say. It just does get weird. So yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I think we might have to. I, I think we might have to invite like a you know, like an auto wizard on uh, next. We, we may have to reach out and see if we can get can get some schedules to align here. Because much like I was out of my depth with pro wrestling, um, and we brought Johnny on, I think I think both of us could just kind of sit back and be like, "This is yeah, this is a whole other level of wizardry that like we just haven't specked into." So, and that's why I wasn't that broken up when we didn't cover Ghost Vehicles yeah. last week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so okay. I'll leave. Okay, this will be the last sort of question that I'll put towards you. Okay. Say, say you do though. Say you you are at. Okay, right. So there's the early Iron Festival there in mm-hmm. Alamosa, where, where people sh- trick out their cars and show them off. Say just out of the blue, on a whim. You don't really want to go, but there's nothing else to do. So you go to the early Iron Festival, and there's this kind of strange person in like a really grubby, like extra greasy, kind of faded, fraying mechanics jumpsuit and he says mm-hmm. oh mark you've come to the right place here's a keychain that has the spark plug from little bastard james dean's car part like crypt keeper auto shop guy mm-hmm. would you take that keychain knowing knowing that it was from little bastard i i would take that keychain and i'd put it on my car keys and you know what i'd do with it hmm. i would race I'd race to feel the wind on my my face. face, And I'd race (laughs) to feel like I own this place. 
And I'll race. <laughs> and I'll race against the other racers. <laughs> okay, listeners, do yourselves a favor. Watch all of home movies. Like, pause this episode. Go watch all of home movies. There's not a lot. There's only four seasons of 13 episodes. You can do that in a weekend. Go watch home movies. And then come back to us when you've watched Bye Bye Greasy. Um, <laughs> and then you can get that joke that I just made. <laughs> and then you'll understand. Um, uh, no, but really, no, I would totally, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, bad shit happens when you incorporate this to your vehicle, right? So, yes. like, the tires killed somebody. The drive mm-hmm. shaft killed somebody. Trying mm-hmm. to take the steering wheel off, probably to, you know... Put it onto his car. Yeah, put it on car. Yeah. Killed somebody. Okay. So, like, maybe the spark plug acts as, like, that weird Rick and Morty crystal that shows you how you're going to die if I just wear it around my head in a crown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I... I like, mm-hmm. just because there's magic evil or evil magic there doesn't mean you can't co-opt it for your own bullshit, right? Like... Or I yeah. die. Or I put the spark plug on and, and, like, the Voyager probe comes back into orbit and mashes my ass. Like, I don't know. The hollow moon crashes down upon me as soon as I don my little crown of a spark plug. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and yeah. if nothing else, like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm assuming in this reality, like, so th- th- we've cut this episode now, right? And then in the future, next August, when Early Iron is... And then I go to the Early Iron Festival, which would be weird because I'm not a car guy, but I'm there anyway. And then I get right. the spark plug and I get mashed. Well, dude, that just like cements the fact that number one, you're a wizard and you fucking called it. And I'm a wizard and I died for art and fashion. So, yeah, it's perfect. Like, yeah, yeah. I no, mean, it, there's no downside here. Yeah, there's really no downside other than we would all miss you terribly. <laughs> well, that. <laughs> well, and then you can be a ghost. But then I just and, haunt and you. Be... I just like haunt your like. Yeah. Dashboard headlights or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd know it was me because you turn on the radio and suddenly, like, the fucking Mountain Goats or Iron Maiden to be playing. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to do, like, the, like, what is the one, like, horribly overused song for, like, any sort of, like, road trip in a movie? The boom on the way. Boop, boo, dee, boo, on the way. Boop, boo, dee, boo. And then, like, and, and then I just get to travel with my ghost buddy, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we'll do that. I'll be your ghost, buddy. <laughs> do it to oh, the God. fucking uh, National Lampoon's Vacation music. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Holiday Road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it'd be great. God, see, <laughs> we keep saying this like it's a bad thing. <laughs> and then you can still podcast with me, just the audio will be even worse because I'll be a disembodied voice. Talking through your radio, all of Bumblebee and Transformers. It'll be great. It's cool. <laughs> See how hard I struggle to work Mopinguari into a later on episode about cryptids. <laughs> on your car's radio. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> <laughs> no downside. No downsides. Uh, Ro- well, I- what? <laughs> okay. That would actually make a really good premise. Like, I, I know Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo are, like, out of it now. And then they, like, tried to kind of reboot it with Ed Helms, right? Um, oh, I, I have no idea. Are they? I, th- there, I think he did one kind of National Lamp- 
National Lampoon's Family Vacation, and I think he was oh, supposed to be yeah, Rusty. that's right, yeah, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, it was, it was like 2014 or 2015. Uh, see, but that would, I would, I would watch that movie if it's the Griswolds doing like, yeah, like going ghost town by ghost town um, <laughs> on a trip. I would watch the shit out of that movie. Hell yeah, Clark and. Yeah, Clark decides to become a ghost hunter because now he's retired, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his new thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and he's like, all right, well, and then you can bring in the grandkids now, right? Because I'm sure... There you go, yeah. Bring in the grandkids and all sorts of hijinks between, oh, oh, those Gen Zs and, oh, those boomers, and yeah. And then there's a spooky, spooky ghost. <laughs> Because he's being haunted by Randy Quaid. Because Randy oh. Quaid can't be in movies anymore. There we there go. There go. Yeah. It's, and it's right, just yeah. they force ghost like old Randy Quaid shots. Yeah. And only Clark uh, can see him. So it's just like he's standing there like looking at the ghost town. Wow. Look at this place, Ellen. Isn't it beautiful? Shatter's full. Ah, Eddie. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's the ghost of Cousin Eddie who... Uh... <laughs> God, okay, we are back in form. We're we're coming up with screenplays and everything. We are we are we're wizards, baby. We're wizards, baby. Speaking Ooh. of wizards, well, actually not. But you know, okay, <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, okay. Are you drinking anything different, man? That that call me little bastard because I just crashed that fucking Segway. <laughs> oh god. Uh. Because that was, uh, what, 77 years prior, but still almost feels too soon? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I do. I do have an update to my Wizards Riton. This is, um, who is this? The Brew Kettle is apparently the okay. brewery. Ooh, spooky. It's a kettle, which is kettle. Yeah, it is a kettle out of Middleburg Heights, Ohio. And this is their major lager, premium lager. Uh, and the Mrs. Wizard picked this one up because it has a skull and crossbones on it of a dude. Okay. I, th- I think he's supposed to be like, uh, oh, uh, what was um, Charlie Sheen's character in Major League? Something Vaughn? Oh, shit. I, I don't know. Yeah. And like he, he could throw the heat, but his accuracy was all over the place until they gave him a pair of glasses. I think that's who the skull is supposed to be because it's a baseball oh, cap. Okay. pair of like... Uh, thick horn glasses on it. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm drinking. What about you, man? Right on. Um, at a Max Line Brewing in Fort Collins, I have a Norse Ale, a Pilsner-inspired Kvik? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Kvik? Yeah, Kvik? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a little kind of soury. Maybe has some, like, cherry notes to it. Okay. Right. Yeah, I got it when we were up in Estes. Um, okay. Yeah. Right Super cheers, cool, buddy. Well, cheers. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's not bad at all. Yeah. I just kind of like same, that. Same for this. That's all right. Yeah. That right is on. okay. Uh, all, all right. So, uh, more ghost towns. Where are more we ghost next? towns, buddy. Okay, sweet. It's, it's really funny. You don't even know how hard you just, like, you let into this, and you don't even know how hard you let into this with your <laughs> oh, little bastard. Perfect. 
Perfect. Again, we're fucking back, baby. We're back. Um, you're talking about hubris, and that's like probably the most horrifying thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and paint a little picture for you here, buddy. All right. Um, in uh, 1747, okay. in uh, the in the United States Midwest, around the area of Pennsylvania, or what we would call Pennsylvania today. Uh, most of the native tribes in the region sold 490 square miles of land that would later become Columbia County. They sold this for 550 pounds in back then money to colonial agents, and that that translates into 147,000 pounds in today money. So I can't tell if they got ripped off or not, but the important thing to note here is that some white man bought some land. That's bought as in a hard wink. But it sounds like they were kind of all in on it. In 1842, the town of Bullshead was officially built and founded after the land was bought by the Locust Mountain Coal and Iron Company. A mining engineer named Alexander Ray was tasked with planning the town, at which point he then cha- changed its name to Centralia. Mm. Does this ring any bells for you yet? You know where we're going? Centralia? Maybe, but keep, keep me going. All right, all right. I, even better, buddy. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, atop this region was a super rich vein of anthracite coal, which was to be mined out. By 1865, Centralia was pumping coal from the Locust Run and Coal Ridge Mine and taken out on the newly built Lehigh and Mahoney Rail System. The mine boomed until the Depression, when five other mines adjoining it were closed. So the town is crushing it until about yeah. the 1930s, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In May of... So, really, nothing goes on. It's just a town. They're mining coal. After the Depression, some of these local mines get shut down by the government because they're not safe. There is... They call it um, bootleg mining, which is mining without a permit in unsafe uh, shafts, which I think is a cool term for something that will probably kill you. Mm -hmm. And apparently, uh, one of their favorite... uh, One of these bootleg miners' favorite tricks was getting into the um, buttress joints. And there's coal in those. You don't get the coal that's above those because, you know, you built up into the rock. Right, But there's coal that can run into those, and you can pull it out, but you also risk collapsing the mine, which Mm. happened a lot. In uh, May of 1962, a group of volunteer firefighters were burning off a garbage dump in an abandoned uh, coal pit mine. Uh, They had done this before in previous years. They knew what they were about. But this time, for whatever reason, they didn't snuff the fire or, you know, douse the fire with water. They just buried it. And assumed that would be good enough. Oh, boy. Instead, what happened was this fire in an abandoned coal mine caught the coal seam on fire. I was just going to say, Mark, you know what they say about when you assume... What's that? You you make an ass out of you and this giant raging underground inferno you've just created. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you fucking do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they kind of light this underground fire. But there is a touch of controversy because some people believe that the fire was actually not started, but a continuance of a fire that was started back in 1932. That's right, Josh. 30-year fucking fire. Holy shit. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Um, the residents knew about this underground fire. 
they had reports of it all the time. The ground would smoke. You'd see the ground smoking from time to time, and no one really cared. No one really wanted to do anything about it until it was too late, because, hey, what's our deadliest enemy? That's right, gang. It's hubris. Yeah. In 1979, a gas station owner was shocked to find that his underground gas tanks were temping out at 172 degrees. Holy shit. <laughs> Residents began reporting their topsoil in their yards was warm to the touch, or hot in some cases, and tap water would come out boiling. That would be horrific. That'd be horrific. Because, and I don't know if I beat this point home well enough, Centralia is located on top of a big fucking coal seam, a colossal coal seam, and it's been burning for at least, right now in 1979, if we can just say that like in 62 is when it started, what is that, 15 or 17 years, right? Right, right, So like yeah. at least 17 or 47 years because it started back in 1932. So the town has literally been sitting over the top of hell. Well, okay, and so then even then, right, like, because if our listeners don't understand this, so like, okay, say magically the fire does go out, right? Like, okay, yeah, it, it yeah. does, thank goodness. That doesn't mean that all the thermal energy goes away. Like, that shit's still there, and it's going to keep, yeah, like, yeah. kind of radiating because it's so insulated in there, like... Uh, so yeah, you'll have like 50 years of boiling tap water <laughs> until all that gets... Until that finally, like... Yeah, the like temperature gradient like disperses that along whatever. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> As the fire had progressed for either 17 or 42 years and kept burning, because it just kept burning like a fire in a goddamn coal mine through a gigantic coal seam is wont to do, um, cracks start forming in the ground because it doesn't have the coal supporting it. So uh, sinkholes started popping up everywhere, and in some ca- and sometimes the ground would just split open and start belching, you know, toxic gas. Oh my god! <laughs> One of these sinkholes opened up under the foot of 12-year-old Todd Dombrowski. It was four feet wide and 150 feet deep. Oh my god! Oh my god! Please, please Todd tell was me that. saved by his cousin who pulled him out of the hole. I was gonna say, Thank please god. tell me, little 12-year-old Todd. Brankowski, or whatever his name was. Oh, God. Oh my. He lived. 150 feet. That's 15 150 stories. feet. Him it's and his cousin were building. both burned by the release of the escape, escaping uh, steam gas. But as soon as he rescued his cousin, the 14-year-old boy ran, into, ran to his mother, who then urged him to run to town to tell the visiting governor, Dick Thornburg, just how horrible the story of the hole really was. Now... If that's not goddamn just like perfect coincidence that the governor's visiting you on the day that the ground opens up with a 150-foot deep hole, I don't know what good luck is. Yeah, that's just, yeah. I mean, and, well, and going into election season, man, you want to talk about <laughs> addressing your constituents' needs. Like, uh, excuse me, sir. Can we do something about this? <laughs> well... You can address your constituents' needs, or, as we've seen in, oh, you know, the last two years, you can lie and say that there's not a problem, which is exactly (laughs) what most of the town of Centralia, Pennsylvania did. 
While they acknowledge the fact that there was probably something going on because, you know, it was 100 degrees in their fucking basements, the ground was smoking, and their tap water was boiling, and they'd been doing this for probably 20 years at this point, they just all kind of agreed, no, there's no major threat and everything's fine. Oh the government tried to intervene several times and kick them the fuck out, and they're like, uh, no. This is my home. I was born here. I was raised here. And ain't no cracker croaking coal seam fire gonna roust me. I'm done. <laughs> oh my god. Man, you do want to talk about hubris. Like, that's a word that gets thrown around way too much. But holy shit, is that the perfect way to describe what's going on in Centralia, Pennsylvania? <laughs> Strolls into like the stump speech covered in like second and third degree burns. Oh, excuse me, governor, sir. Can we do something about this? And <laughs> all the adults like, hush up, boy, that coal seam fire's giving us free free heating. <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong here. I, I don't know why I'm giving him a southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, the south of the north. <laughs> Oh, my God. Holy shit. Oh, my God. The folly of fucking man, dude. <laughs> oh, baby. You remember how those Italians said we're sick of this earthquake and they yeah. left? <laughs> By 1983, 20 years later, 20 years after mm. it may have started the first time. Or this is 50 years. Or it's 50 Later. Years. Or oh it's 50. God. Who the fuck knows? This fire can almost register for AARP, okay? Like, <laughs> this fire needs a prostate exam, okay? It, like... Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. The U.S. government by this point had allocated about $42 million towards relocation for residents. And by this time, two-thirds of Centralia, about 18... Uh, so two-thirds of the 1,800 residents left. 500 structures were demolished. But there were still people hanging on. And a lot of these were people that had spent their whole life there. And by this point, they were too old to move on. Like, you just can't do it. You were born yeah. here. You were raised here. And goddammit, you are going to die here. Yeah, you are going to die yeah. here. By 1990, the population was down to 63 people. In 1992, uh, Pennsylvania Governor Bob Casey declared eminent domain on the borough. Mm. But the citizens of Centralia sued and got it overturned. Because there's nothing wrong. The fire is still burning. There are still sinkholes. There is still toxic gas belching out of the, belching out of the ground. Uh, trees are now burning from the inside out, and grass is not really growing that well. But they have grass all winter long, so they got that going. Which Greenest lawns in Pennsylvania come January. Oh, my God. Uh, I just... I am not going to make any connections or extrapolations to other current day events, but... Yowza. <laughs> By 2006, there were 16 homes standing, and the fire was still burning. 
In 2010, Centralia was reported to have five residents in it. They still maintained they were not going to leave. Again, they were raised here. They're going to die here. Yeah. And yeah. finally, in 2013, as a result of the overturned court case from 2006, residents were granted permission to stay and die in their homes in Centralia. The road Which, in and out I mean... has been blocked off by dirt. There is no commerce, but they do have a six-man power board that put $72 into their till and said that the power company was in the black for the year. Hooray! It's literally libertarianism run amok. I understand why you would want to stay to a certain point, but at the same time, if they're yeah. buying you out, take the goddamn buyout. Like, yeah, it Centralia is a living ghost town. Like... There is constant outpouring of smoke. You can look at pictures of this on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's so smoky, Josh, that it was the inspiration for the video game Silent Hill. Holy shit, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it sucks, but it's not... well, no, I'm, it's really fucking I'm, I'm cool. Also... Human Hubris I... has now given us a pretty bitchin' video game series. Yeah. Well, and, and I am following just what you said i am currently on google maps looking at centralia pennsylvania and and, this, and, and, I, and i am seeing a first i have never seen this before on google maps but around what looks like centralia proper is this weird uh kind of outline of like red and white horizontal striped lines um which is, I'm assuming, yeah, like the whole, like, yeah, you, you can't cross into here. Mm -hmm. um, which, and, yeah, like, I, I see a handful of houses still there. Yeah, um, there's a few. What 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 look to be, like, city, the, like, blocks are just, like, trees now kind of grown in. Mm -hmm. um, which, I, I believe the term... Um, Borrowing from poker is uh, the, the those last residents are pot committed. They 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 are. They're like, yeah, I am here. I put all my chips uh, into this game here, and which is, I guess, kind of noble in its own way. Maybe. <laughs> and again, I can't it's, tell. Is it? Is it stupidity? Yeah, yeah. Is it like Santiago Syndrome, Old Man in the Sea? I went fishing for 74 yeah. days. My the, my yard has been, my, my, my basement mm -hmm. has been boiling for 75 years, but it's all right. It'll probably yeah. be fine. Well, or, uh, or with the hubris and tying it in to the Greeks, um, there's this wonderful book by a scholar named Bernard Knox called The Heroic Temper. Um, and he's analyzing all of the main characters in Sophoclean tragedy. So your Oedipus, okay. your Creon, your Antigone, your Ajax, your Philoctetes. Um, and one of the defining features of the Sophoclean tragic hero is that they don't yield. Like everybody, like the other characters, the chorus, saying like, look, man, just like change your mind. Like change that horse midstream and Oedipus and Antigone and Ajax and Philoctetes um, but not Creon. Creon 
folds up like a little bitch. He's like, oh no, I've made a mistake. But all the other ones are like, no, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is my lot in life. And of course they all die. <laughs> well, not all of them. So yeah, like it all ends up like horrible for them. Mm -hmm. And yet, that's what it is. So yeah, maybe those last souls there in Centralia, Pennsylvania, they are closer to Sophoclean tragic heroes than I will ever be in my life. <laughs> Noble stupidity. Noble stupidity, one might say. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. God. So, nature and man's hubris are really scary, and they're a hell of a way to make a ghost town. Yeah. But what about the beasts, Josh? Hmm. What if... What if maybe humans were driven from their homes by packs of wild beasts? Yeah. I mean, that's been known to happen, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure you're going to tell us about one of those just now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, shit, like, we had... Yeah, just last year, we, we had Brood X show up again. And I was preparing for that. I was preparing to, like, round up the Mrs. Wizard, round up the cats... Get most of my books and probably leave everything else. I was like, all right, that's it. The locusts are taking over, so we got to move now. And then I was sorely disappointed, but I'm sure that that actually has happened in our common history. When you say common history, buddy, you don't know how right you are. In 2011, a Siberian town literally went to war with a pack of wolves that were 400 strong. Holy shit. <laughs> 400 strong pack of walls. The Russian town of Verkoyakov uh, was assaulted by a 400... 400! Josh, 400 wolves. 400 member strong pack of wolves. Over four days, they killed 30 horses. That's... I'm... <laughs> That is honestly a surprisingly low number. I would have fought many more horses. But one would think, but oof. still, like that many horses in 2011 is a lot of horses. Is a lot? Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's not to say it's not a lot of horses, but oh man. Uh, these wolves were likely a concentration of smaller packs that were driven together uh, during a particularly brutal winter. And what is real easy to kill? That's right, people. We're tasty and delicious. Yeah. Again, go listen to our uh, Hellhounds episode. Yeah, go listen to Hellhounds. Uh, bands of hunters were organized, and bounties were placed for every single hide that was taken by a hunter. Mm. And at the end of the day, humans kind of won. They weren't quite driven out. A ghost town yeah. wasn't quite created. Narrowly avoided. Narrowly avoided. But... Another little town in Russia known as, uh, once again, sorry, Russia, Rirkepi. It was besieged by a group of 50 polar bears and completely abandoned in 2019. 700 people evacuated their home. Their homes. Nature is healing. <laughs> These bears were likely driven inland by melting uh, ice sheets, which kind of made it tough for them to hunt. And once again, mm. what's easier to eat than a seal? A person. Yep. A person. You can yeah, look up. Like you can look up these bears. 
busting into houses. Like there's uh, the the security camera footage of bear of these polar bears just just juggernauting through walls and getting into shit. And because it's 2019, it's like all in, like almost HD. Yeah, like yeah, like that's that's like the joke, right? Like everyone in Russia has a dash cam. Yeah, because Russians are up to shit, and I would imagine a lot of people too also have yeah, like home security cameras. So yeah, I'm sure they are caught in 4K. Um. <laughs> Which, because yeah, like how, like what are you gonna do? Literally, what you, 700 people decided that they did not want to fuck around with the polar bears and just said, all right, we don't live here anymore. We're done. Yep. You win. <laughs> like, it, and quite frankly, I cannot blame them at all. No, no, not at all. Like, no, that, I, I mean, okay, so I guess what would... What would the equivalent of that be? Like, okay, so, like, Columbus doesn't count, right? Right. Because, like, it's just too big. But, okay, yeah, so, like, the town of... Blanca? Moffat. Maybe? Yeah, Moffat. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moffat, Blanca, a couple hundred people, maybe a thousand. And, yeah, like, 400 wolves show up, or 50, like, polar bears. I, I, I guess it'd be, like... Black bears show up. Yeah. Mo- mountain lion attacks. The the mountain lions besiege Mount- the yeah, town. Mount- yeah. Mountain lions bes- bes- besiege the town. Holy cow. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, again, though, but and, and you know, yeah, like we are the bigger jerks here because, like, you know, these polar bears are starving because of global warming and all that good stuff. But right. I guess and it's so kind of cool to see them rights. taking back what's theirs. Yeah, they're going to do what they have to do to, you know, kind of, right? Yeah. I, n- I know we spend a lot of time, like, on the north in Russia, but I got a fun one for you, buddy. Okay. We're going to go down to Brazil. Oh, Brazil. To Brazil. To the uh, municipality island of Itaheim. It's a little mm-hmm. island. It's only about 106 acres, and it's off the, uh, it's part of the state of Sao Paulo. Um, it is also home pound for pound for the most amount of venomous snakes in the entire world. Oh God. (laughs) There are so many snakes that the only piece of anything on that Island is a lighthouse that was constructed to keep ships away from crashing, which was promptly abandoned as soon as we got the technology to automate lighthouse functions. Right. Yeah. As soon as... (laughs) Or like GPS, as soon as G- GPS got in, it's like, okay, let's get out of here now. We don't need it anymore. We're done. Um, it is home to the endangered uh, golden lancehead viper, which is crazy poisonous, as well as several species of endangered bird, which are usually eaten by all the goddamn snakes. Yeah. Conservative estimates of the population of the snakes on the island is about 430,000. Oh my god, 430,000. On a 106-acre oh. island. Literally, it is Snake fucking Island. <laughs> and they have a ghost lighthouse on Snake Island. That's 
Uh, no, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm just kind of sitting here babbling at my computer. Um, apparently, it is almost impossible. You can get there, right? You can get to Snake Island, but you can't get off. You will fucking die on Snake Island. Because there are so many poisonous, pissed off snakes. I, I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> if okay, I, I know they're quickly starting to um, overstay their welcome. But if there ever was a movie for Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart, buddy, action adventure comedy. Escape from Snake Island would be that movie. <laughs> Where they have to go change the light bulb on the lighthouse. Yeah! <laughs> and then they both die from viper poisoning. Because yeah, Dwayne Johnson's, um, like, gr grand uncle was the original, like, lighthouse <laughs> man. There you go. Um, and, 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 yeah, he... he in his will, <laughs> this is his dying request. That is that is grand nephew. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then Kevin Hart is, uh, yeah, uh, uh, ecologist who wants to study the the endangered snake species. <clears throat> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. He's a her herpetologist. There you go. Okay, yeah. And then that causes Dwayne Johnson to like do the eyebrow raise, like a what? He's like, no, man, snakes. I study snakes. Not like that. <laughs> oh God, that's like God. I can see that scene, man. Ugh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> I would rather lay down on Snake Island than watch that movie. <laughs> uh, yes, I. No, no argument there. No argument there. <laughs> now, before we sail off to our last ooky spooky haunted type of ghost town, we're going to sail yes. there, Josh, all the way from Brazil. But we're going to do that on a ghost ship. On a ghost ship. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to sort of uh, be, a, be our tour guide, our uh, travel agent, if you will, moving from ghost town to ghost town. So we talked about, oh, right, okay, yeah. Traveling by car. Yes. Little bastard, definitely definitely don't do that. I think at some point or other, um, all of us will take this mode of transportation. Um, and no, we're not talking about like the Flying Dutchman, because that's a ghost ship, but everybody talks about the Flying Dutchman. And, and all. The, and we're not talking we about Mary Celeste, our... it's rote, we're not doing it. Right, we already had this wonderful, poignant um, episode on Great Lakes shipwrecks, and so we don't want to sully those those good men's name. We are going to talk about yeah this this ghost ship that I think all of us are going to take uh, at some point in our lives, and maybe even one of the original ghost ships, uh, and that is led by an individual known as Charon. Uh, or Charon, or Charon, if you are speaking modern Greek. 
Um, and yeah, this is this is like the guy. This is like the boatman, the ferryman, who um, uh, appears through all sorts of really like he's in like vase paintings. He shows up in epic poems. He shows up in uh, uh, plays. And and I love him. And I think he gets a bad rep. Yeah. And I'm going to explain why. Okay. I'm, I'm going to explain why. So, and I mentioned before, like, um, yeah, like, so yeah, he is the guy who, who guides, guides your soul, um, to the underworld. Um, and so we don't really know where his name comes from, but we have a couple of kind of cool guesses. And I think this is kind of cool. So apparently there's, a, there's another Greek word, um, karopas or haropas. Okay. Um, which which means like of the either keen or fierce or flashing or feverish gaze, meaning that like this guy like stares into your soul. That's what he does, which I think is badass. That's pretty neat. That's, That's pretty, pretty goddamn neat. Yeah. And see, right, exactly. And so his name, we etymologists, scholars think, tends to could could derive from that word. Um. The oldest depiction that we have of Karen, and, and I guess that's what I'll say. I'm I'm going to call him. Well, I'll try not to call him a Karen because he's definitely not that. But Karon, um, yeah. I need to speak to your manager. Karon, your coins are really loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me, but you only have one obol here, and uh, price is two. So, uh, <laughs> uh. But the oldest depiction, the 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 the, the earliest um, attestation we have of Caron, uh, comes from a lost epic poem called the Minyas, okay, uh, which dates back to something we think like sixth century BCE, so like five hundreds BCE, um, and we have like two lines that mention him, okay, and I practiced this all afternoon. But I did not practice after drinking two beers, so we'll see how this goes. But here's roughly what that kind of maybe sounds like. And it's apparently talking about Theseus going down to the underworld. Okay. And when Theseus is trying to go down to the underworld, it says, There they did not find the boat that the dead board. The one old the, the one old ferryman Charon guided at its birth. Oh shit. And so that's the and so that's the earliest we have of like, oh yeah, like 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 written down, like, oh yeah, this is him being the ferryman. Um uh, Charon is said to be the son of Erebus. Who is the primordial deity of darkness? Okay. Darkness. Um, and Nyx, who's the primordial deity of the night. Yeah. So uh, apparently those two got together. Caron was one of their offspring. Uh, and yes, that's what he does. He transports the souls of the dead uh, to the underworld. The fancy uh, SAT uh, word for that being a psychopomp. Yeah. Psycho meaning soul, pomp, pompe meaning to like lead or to like bring uh, or to send. 
Uh, and so, and so, yeah, and so he does, and he has this boat, uh, kind of like a gondola, I guess. He, he, he has a boat. In some depictions, it does have a mast, but most of the time he has a big pole that he kind of, like, pushes along the bottom. Uh, and Mark, I don't want to, like, put you on the spot here. Okay. But what river? What's the name of the river that he carries the souls across? The River Styx. That is one of them, yes. That is one of them. Um, he's also sometimes said to carry the souls across the river Acheron. Oh, yeah, Acheron. Um, and then there's the other one, P, right? Um, so pro, pro, so there's kind of like three. So, so there's three. There's the river Acheron, uh-huh. which is an actual river in northwestern Greece. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Yes, like people would say like, oh yeah, that's the river. You go inland far enough and you'll meet Caron. Um, So there there is that. And and apparently most of the, yeah, like old Greek writers say that uh, Caron is on the Acheron River. Uh, Some of the later Roman poets say that he's on the River Styx. Okay. Apparently. And then there's also the River Letha. Lethe, and that's the one that the souls drink from that wipes their memory. Okay, yeah, so maybe that's, that's right. what you're yeah. thinking of. Well, no, I think I'm thinking of planes of hell. I think I'm thinking of the levels. Oh, the because there's the one and it's the frozen, yeah. and I swear it's a P, and then there's a fire one. Yeah, yeah, that that might be some Dante kind of maybe. Kind of I, yeah, on, I'll, but, um, I'll join us next week when we talk about hell, gang. Join us next week. Yeah. We might we, 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 we might as well. We might as well. <laughs> um, and, and and so yeah, like Caron, like I said, like he's in this old uh, epic poem. He's in all sorts of vase paintings, um, and really like he seems to be a pretty chill guy and like not very menacing, not very threatening because you're already dead. He's just a he's cool just, dude, like, right? And he is. He's a cool dude. There's a there's a neat article. Um, I was able to find this online, and I think our listeners should be able to as well. Um, but it's uh, written by one L.V. Grinsell, uh, circa 1957, and the article is called The Ferryman and His Fee. Okay. Um, I saved a PDF of it, but maybe because I could use my university login credentials. Um, but but it's old enough, you might be able to find it too. Um, and then wouldn't you know it, Mark, because yeah, like... Caron's just like doing his thing. He's helping people out, taking you across the river so, so you could go to the underworld. But leave it to the goddamn Romans to start like making him all like menacing and threatening and like sad and gross. Yeah, because they can't do it quite right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so in Virgil's Aeneid, Caron uh, gets a few lines that describe him, and they run a little something like this in English. There Caron stands, who rules the dreary coast, a sordid god. Down from his hairy chin, a length of beard descends, uncombed, unclean. His eyes, like hollow furnaces on fire, a girdle, foul with grease, binds his obscene attire. It's like, man, why'd you gotta do that? Yeah, which, like, it is pretty... Like, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's some very striking imagery there. Oh, yeah, it's metal as hell. But like, yeah, and it is metal as hell. 
But like, that's not the fun psychopomp that is painted on all these, like, Greek vases. <laughs> um, and then, uh, again, in uh, a tragedy written by Seneca uh, called Hercules Furens, a.k.a. the angry Heracles, or the furious Heracles, we get this line as well. A rock funereal o'erhangs the slothful shoals, where the waves are sluggish and the dull mirror is numbed. This stream an old man tends, clad in foul garb and to the sight abhorrent, and ferries over the quaking shades. His beard hangs down unkempt, a knot ties his robe's misshapen folds, haggard his sunken cheeks, himself his own boatman, with a long pole he directs his craft. Now having discharged his load, he is turning his boat towards the bank, seeking the ghosts again. I like it. I know they did him dirty, but I like that a lot. That's neat. No, it is. It, it, and so that's where, and that's where I think it, it's through, like many aspects of sort of Greek culture, that gets sort of like tr transmitted, filtered through the Roman kind of perception that the Roman lens. And so and so we do. We get this kind of like sulking, somber, grim, metal as hell depiction of Caron. Yeah. Um, which is true. And then would you know it, Mark? Um, to like completely throw everything around, there's one other, at least one other noteworthy appearance that Caron makes. Um, and gets... Yeah, like a, a, a nice little feature, a nice little spotlight. Do you have any guesses where I'm going with this? Oh, is it the Odyssey? Uh, he does not appear in the Odyssey. Oh, okay. Odysseus, he kind of like backdoors his way down to talk to the shade of Tiresias. And see okay. No, okay. not in the Odyssey. Dare, dare I give you a hint or two? Dare, dare. Uh, first first hint starts with a B. The box with an axe. Brick kick kick kicks. No. Coax. No. Coax. I knew it. Brick. I knew it. I didn't <laughs> want to know it. No. He does. Caron makes an appearance oh, in Aristophanes' frogs. I knew that. No. Oh no. Those frogs oh, are no. in my head. That's the scariest <laughs> out of all. Oh, now. <laughs> so he does. And, of course, because it is a comedy, he's, yeah, much more lighthearted and jovial. And he's giving Dionysus a hard time because Dionysus is going down to the underworld because he wants to bring Euripides back from the dead. And Caron's like, all right, buddy, yeah, but pay up to two obols. And Dionysus is like, well, I, I don't have that, but can I, like, just, like, row myself across? The, the lake, and, well, it, and that's the other thing, too. Like, it's a lake. It's a lake that he's, or it's kind of swamp water mm -hmm. that he's running across there. And so a, a lot of people think the idea, right, of like, oh, well, like, save, save some money. Like, put two coins on your person uh, for the ferryman to pay his toll. A lot of people think that that idea comes from the frogs. Really? Because... Yeah, because in the epic poem, in the vase paintings, that isn't a feature. That's not an element of his story, but in Aristophanes' Frogs, it is. Oh. So, 
That's like the that's I'm, like I'm the sure OG like Dracula and like the 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 oh shit I can't talk the like the Wolfman and like how like the pentagram is like the symbol of the wolf and like right. that mm-hmm. that like uh, the movie is what spawned the trivia for it. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. is that is where the lore comes from. Wow. So, and, and 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 right. And so, I'm sure some scholars could like kind of quibble about that because that's what we scholars do. We we love our quibbling. Um, <laughs> uh, but but it is. But it is. It's super cool. And yeah, I love Caron to death. And if it wouldn't, I, I mean, not that I completely like buy into the whole cultural uh, uh, appropriation thing. But if I, if I had even like an ounce of Greek heritage in me, you're goddamn right. I would like keep some money on me for the ferryman, because um, <laughs> that's also kind of badass. That's also kind of badass. So number one, I do keep that money on me. I know, and I love that about you. <laughs> number two, I am like ordaining you to do it because it's that whole like okay. you know that fallacy of or what's what's the, the the classic argument for religion like the wager like it's easier for me to believe oh, that god right. exists so i just just in case like josh for christ's sake just have two quarters in your wallet at any given time like yeah 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 the um um pascal's wager pascal's wager thing. thank you yeah yeah where yeah, yeah. it is it's like who's it gonna hurt who's it gonna who's, hurt to have 50 cents in your wallet yeah, yeah, exactly. And exactly. also, and listeners, yeah. I say, and so, listeners, I, I think again, who's gonna hurt? If, if nothing else, well, I know payphones aren't really a thing now, but if nothing else, that will allow you to use a payphone to like get in touch with somebody. There you go. Because you have that, that two bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, answer to the question that I sort of posed: uh, the rivers I was thinking of are Phlegathon, which is a river of fire. And Cocytus, oh, yes. which is the Ice River, and they were mentioned in Seneca's Odyssey, apparently. So that's where I was getting that business from. Oh, okay. okay yeah. And if I'm being honest, the only reason I knew that was because Cervantes and Soul Calibur, all his weapons are named after rivers in hell. But That's right. <laughs> that's right. But I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, so you don't have to be, listeners. <laughs> well, and that's okay, because... We, we need those. We need people like us two wizards who know the obscure things or have a reasonably uh, educated guess about the obscure things so that, yeah, we can do, we can do all that. And, ah, man, it's just, it's just good to be back. It's good, it's good to be, be back. back and recording this. Well, we're, <laughs> we're, we're pulling into Harbor here, buddy. We're at our last ghost town yes, on our Ookie Spooky Route 666 ghost tour. And uh, as we pull in, we're going to go up to Alaska on the uh, upper Kenya Peninsula. Alrighty. You pull into a spot that looks like a couple abandoned harbor buildings and what you and your educated guests assume is a cannery factory because that's what it is, and I don't know how to frame this better than saying it's a cannery factory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a town called Portlock, Alaska. Mm, Okay. Um, it's been reclaimed by the wild mostly, but there's still some buildings intact. It was found in 1780, that's found in air quotes, by a white dude from England named Portlock. Mm. That's where they All get right. the name from. Who, upon seeing its, you know, abundant fishing waters and timber, said, Hey, let's set up here. 
It should be noted that the indigenous people in the region for hundreds of years had avoided the area, saying that it was haunted by devils. Mm. But hey, white man knows best, right? <laughs> I also, you know what? I also kind of like the idea of like con- colonial, wow, colonialism and like, no, white man, you go over there. That's cool. Like, you know, like, oh, hey, where can, yeah, we're here to buy your land. You, you can buy our land or, or all the best moose is on this fucking island. Oh, well, I'll go to that island. Right. You want anything? Yeah, yeah, give us some beads. And, like, they know the whole time. And it's like, ha-ha, <laughs> stupid white man tricked him again. And, like, he, they know white yeah. man's going to die. And you get Roanoke 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Knock yourself out, buddy. Go for it. <laughs> um, because of its location, Portlock was had access to ample timber, fish, and a chromium mine. Mm. And... They built a very productive and lucrative cannery on the island, which only boosted the town's capital. But Josh, it wasn't all sunshine and lollipops. Mm. Early on, it wasn't all chromium and canning. It wasn't all chromium and canning, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Early on, Portlock's residents found that nearby villages warned them of settling there. There was the Portlockians, the Portlockanites. I don't know what you call them. They were told that there, that this region, the town they had just settled in, was haunted by an angry spirit called the Nantanak, which in the local Aleutic language, you, you gotta, you gotta guess for it, the Nantanak, Josh. What might it mean? Uh, the, the ghost. The ghost, maybe. It actually means the half man, half beast. Ooh, okay, even worse. They said that there, this area was haunted by the Nantanek. That's what, like, villagers were telling... Like, natives are coming up to people saying, you really shouldn't be here. Right. And white man said, ha ha ha, we know best. Mm-hmm. In, 19, in the 1900s, problems got bigger as stories of a, be- of, a, of a beast gained a foothold. In 1905, cannery workers began to complain of something harassing their camp at night. So much so that a bulk of them just packed up and said, fuck this and left. They ran screaming back to society. Townspeople in Portlock also mentioned that there was a ghost of a woman that would come down off the cliffs and walk around the town in a long black dress dragging the ground. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) She'd come down out of the cliffs and yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like half man, half beast. Okay, fine. Comes with the territory. Ghost of a woman. Ah, fuck that. One day in 1920, a man named Albert Petka was attacked when he and his two dogs came upon what he described as a large, muscular bear. Petka took a glancing blow in his chest and later died of his injuries, but not before describing the bear, wink, 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 as being 12 feet tall, heavily muscled, and stinking of sulfur. Oh, God. In the 1930s, Several miners were found dead with massive gaping chest wounds that were said to be bigger than what a human could generate. We need to point out here that these are people that are aware of what animal attacks look like, and these guys just have big holes in their chest. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A man cutting wood in the forest was found with his skull caved in. It looked like it had been smashed by a rock, but there was no murder weapon around. Several moose hunters in the area reported tracking a large bull moose when at the end of their trail they found a bloody battleground of moose fur, lots of blood, and nothing else. 
except for a single set of large 18-inch footprints leading off into the forest. Mm. What are we mm. doing, Josh? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a group of doll moose hunters reportedly went missing in 1940. It's not that scary, but, you know, still, like, people are dying. Yeah. But also, yeah. this is Alaska, so it's totally reasonable for moose hunters to die. You gotta get real yeah. high for doll moose, so, like, it, it... That's not as scary, but it's worth noting. These stories yeah. spread through the town like fire through a coal seam underneath your floorboards. <laughs> And eventually, tales of giant hairy creatures were, you know, they were everywhere. One man reported scaring one off by taking a pot shot at it with his rifle while the creature was breaking the salmon traps eating the fish. Remember, this is a canning town. Mm. To further compound this horror, bodies began washing up onto the shore. All of these bodies had great big gaping chest wounds. It's also important to note that these are not really bear-esque gaping chest wounds. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that's horrific. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> There's no answer to what this thing was, but there is an answer to what happened. By 1949, people were so horrified by the stories of whatever this alleged beast was, they just abandoned the town of Portlock. By 1950, the only resident was the postmaster. And today it remains abandoned. It's done. It's a ghost town. Driven away by a Bigfoot maybe question mark? Yeah. That's... Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there, there are just... And I I guess maybe this is part of, right, like so, something you raised way, way back at the start of the episode, right? Like, if you know an area is prone to natural disasters like ah shit here comes another hurricane ah shit here i'm i'm in tornado alley yeah i mean sure you can have like your building code just know that that's what you're getting into like all right i'm i'm moving to oklahoma i know that tornadoes are like a real threat um i'm here in florida i know a hurricane is here I'm here in Italy, and sure, there have been earthquakes here for a while, and then I can choose, right? I, I can choose to, like, leave. But, yeah, and then if people st start, like, man, we're leading the globe in, like, chest cavities, <laughs> in, like, gaping holes in, carved into people's chests uh, per capita. <laughs> I love you that Bigfoot... He's killing people go. with Scorpion's Fatality. He's ripping their fucking hearts out, and, like, <laughs> it's great. I love it so much. Yeah, he is. Oh, my God. Portlock's weird. Yeah. It's Alaska, and it was a time when we didn't report as much, but there's enough reporting about it in recent enough times, and it's all kind of the same thread, and you can put some of it to, like, you know, oh, it's, it, it, you know, we want to think it's a Bigfoot because that's what we are as 2022 society like everything is a goddamn bigfoot but like i yeah. really appreciate any pre okay so you know the patterson gimlin footage at bluff creek was like 67 anything pre that because pre that it patterson gimlin gave you like concrete what a bigfoot ought to look like 
But yeah. these people They're are describing like a Bigfoot in the 1930s. Bigfoot entering the popular imagination fitting like these criteria. Right. Um, right. And 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 natives had a word for it. They were like, don't go here. This fucking thing lives here. Don't yeah. go to this place. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, I yeah, I believe it, right? Because if if there's already, if there's already the precedent kind of set or like analogs set, where oh here's this Russian town that got invaded by wolves. Here's this Russian town that got invaded by polar bears. Here's this town in Alaska, still up by the Arctic Circle, that people were getting yeah holes ripped out of their chest by something. Yeah, I think there's a little more credibility there. Yeah, and it's, there is a theory that there was just, like, a weird serial killer that was, like, hunting people in the woods, but it, a lot, everybody that examined bodies said that the injuries were, like, bigger than what a person could, you know, yeah. feasibly do, and really, okay, but what's a man capable of? I don't know, ask Jack the Ripper, like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, maybe I just want to believe too goddamn bad that Bigfoot is in Alaska merkin' fools. Until we send Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart up there. <laughs> and it's a lady oh, man, Bigfoot and it takes one look at Kevin Hart and yeah. just puts Snoo Snoo on him. I don't even know why I'm up here. There's no snakes in Alaska. <laughs> oh, my love. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay, no, this has been... Ghost towns. Ghost towns. I wish I had a cool like coming together Jerry Mo or Jerry Springer final thought moment, but I don't. No, I no. Okay, what about this? Okay. Would you? Okay, so things like Centralia, things like Port Port Portslock, Portlock, yeah, Port Portlock, places that were inhabited have been evacuated ghosted if you will would you ever want to move into one of those places knowing full well that it's a ghost town knowing full well there's a bigfoot monster killing killing people knowing full well there's a coal coal seam fire burning would you ever like intentionally go live in one of those ghost towns I would take my chances in Portlock, like, it, in, like, 1947. Mm-hmm. I would take my chances there. There's You couldn't get me to go to Centralia. Like, yeah. not yeah, even th- once. That one, is, that one is a foregone conclusion. Um, well, and even, like, I, I was going to mention this, too. I don't know if this technically qualifies as a ghost town, because I don't know if it was even a town, really, to begin with. Um, but uh, there in Colorado... Um, uh, on Old Levita Pass, um, right at the summit of Old Levita Pass was an old, um, yeah, I think like rail station yeah. called Uptop. Yeah, that way station, yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, I think there's a museum, I think there's a church, there's maybe a couple people living there. And yeah, I've had that, I guess, sort of like... Henry David Thoreau, Walden-esque idea of like, ah, shit, I'll just like go live in Uptop. Um, and like, granted, it's it's still like, 
a, a drivable distance from civilization. But yeah, to like go live in this abandoned, essentially ghost town kind of place. Hell yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I, I'd do that. Yeah, like, you know, so, not so yeah, not like you know the Canadian, uh, not Lem, Le, not Lemmy Lemmyu Lemmy Winks, whatever. <laughs> not the lead city, but yeah. Or you know, right, like yeah, yeah. what? So like, um, up there in the Ukraine, up by Priapit, yep. where Chernobyl was. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of those are like detoxified now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, the, that, like or they they they've gotten to points where it's like acceptable, safe radiation right. or something. Yeah, or or like you can go in for like maybe like a couple hours. Maybe not into like certain parts. So yeah, like it is. It's like it's like parts of that are becoming slightly more hospitable. Well, because I was gonna say I'm a I'm a goddamn sucker for that like that brutalism style of architecture, but then also like mm. that post futurism where everything is like loopy swoopy and sunken in like living room pits and like a step up from Mad Men, but it's not quite the '80s. I love that shit. Right. Sign me up to go live mm -hmm. in their goddamn luxury apartments. Hell yeah. And I will not update yeah, it. Like, right. I promise. Like, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. No, no, totally. It's, and so maybe that's our maybe that's our ending point here. Like, I... Well, because that's what we wizards kind of do anyway, right? It's like, we tend to be a little more secluded, a little more keep to our wizards' towers. And so I think some people would be freaked out going to live in a ghost town. But I, but I think that tends to be a little more our vibe. Up you know. our alley, you might say. Up our yeah, ghost up town our alley. alley. And so, listeners, does that include you? Would you want to live, maybe not in one of these, like, ghost towns that we've talked about, but, like, would you want to live in just, like, a generic one? Or do you? What if What if you are one of those few people that's like, oh, yeah, like, I I have relatives uh, that were there in Centralia. Uh, or there's a ghost, there's a different ghost town kind of near me, because, like, I mean, isn't that like half of the San Luis Valley is like old uh, abandoned settlements and, and things like that? Um, the American so Southwest is ghost town. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. That is that is the aesthetic. And if that is also the case for you, we would love to hear about it. Uh, so send us an email. Uh, uh, find us on Twitter. We are we are two wizards, and we engage with our fans. We just read a bunch of our fans' ghost stories. We're always we are we're on Twitter talking with people, making friends, shouting people out, doing mutual follows and all that. And so that can be you. Send send us an email to two wizards podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at two wizards pod c one. We're on Instagram. We're doing that. Two wizards podcast. We're on Facebook. Who cares if like Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse is like collapsing in on itself? We're still riding the Facebook thing out. Find us two wizards podcast there. We are Centralia residents riding out the fucking are, crater seam or coal seam fire that is Facebook. <laughs> I I grew up on Facebook. Well, I didn't grow up on Facebook. I was on Facebook in college. I was on Facebook as a young adult. Dang it, I'm I'm gonna be on Facebook till I die. That's us. We are the Centralians on Facebook. <laughs> what an amazing connection there. Um, I am on Facebook, uh, but more importantly, you can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. Um, I just I, I kind of fell into this. I didn't even like I saw this happening. Like, oh, here's a like cute classics Twitter thing where we're doing a kind of like topic per day for for October, and I just finished that. 
And then looking back, it's like, holy shit, I did like 31 days of content. You did work. On Twitter. Yeah. And I think like kind of good stuff. I think I really enjoyed your shit. I really enjoyed those. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so find me at Plaid Barbarian. Mark is also doing amazing things. Why don't you tell us some more about that stuff, Mark? Oh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or you can find me on our sister podcast, the Dangle Podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny take two episodes of King of the Hill and discuss it. This week we're doing a Get Your Freak Off and the Fat and the Furious. That's the uh, Backstreet Boys episode and the uh, hot dog eating episode with Kid Rock in it. Yep. Fuck Kid Rock. That's right. But. <laughs> yes. We well, and we like those episodes better than we also, thought. Well, well, and listeners, if you don't shy away from controversy, um, Mark, you and Johnny also previous episode did returning Japanese part yes. one and two. Yes, which again, maybe in our current climate, can raise some hackles for certain people. It's one of my favorite two parters of the King of the Hill canon. Yeah, um, it's a big fan favorite. Yeah, it's it's a huge. And so, if you want to hear more about that, go check out Dingle Podcast. Go check us out there. Um, I got to give a shout out, Josh. Oh, okay, let's hear it. All right, I got to give give a shout out to my boy, uh, Tidal Wave Ninja on YouTube. But then on Twitch, his name is Tidal Wave Ninja with an R. Um, Ooh. he is a fan, and he hit me up, and he's like, "Hey, you shout me out, I'll shout you out. I'm shouting you out." Go check out his Twitch stream. Hell yeah. He's playing some God of Tidal War Ragnarok. He's making me jealous. Make me want to get a PS5. Go check him out. Ooh, yeah. No, totally. So, see, look. I I just said, like, two minutes ago that this is what we would do. And little did I know that that's exactly what Mark was going to do. Because you know what? Content cre- creators, like we are, we help each other out. And there's plenty of airtime. Plenty of, like, plenty of play for, for everybody here. Hell Yeah. But also, we're fucking back, baby, because all we did tonight was fucking anticipate each other. Two wizards took a week off. We're done with ghosts. We're going into November. Guys, oh my god, join us next week for a super special election-based episode. I hope you're fucking ready. Put it in your ear holes. Go listen to our Cryptid Cabinet episode. Get hyped for that. To get hyped for next week. Get hyped for ghosts. Like, do you... Do you believe in Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot a ghost? Do you, like, buy into the whole, like, you know, rebirth of Pan theory? We'll get into that later. Do you want to talk about the rebirth of Pan theory? You can do that. Hit us up. Yes. We can. Ah, we can. I'm let, horny. Let I'm us sorry. Know. Let us know. And we are, we, are here, we are here for you. And so with that, dear amazing listeners, my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. Thank you for listening. Uh, what, Josh? Five stars, like and subscribe, I don't know, smash that button. Yeah, all that stuff. Tell a all friend. Tell, tell one person. Um, yeah, exactly. Scream at a ghost. Tell- uh, channel your spiritual power to make a ghost to go do phantom yeah. ghosty downloads. Um, get is. that ghost some friends Perfect. and make a town of ghosts. And then we have a community of ghosts. And we have ghost Facebook, and it's ghost book. But really, that's just my fa- my space. But yeah, it's fine. My if, Spectre. If you- Follow us on My Spectre. Ooh. There you go. There you go. Perfect. If you ghosted somebody in the past, say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I was going through my own stuff. I didn't mean to do that. And hey, also check out this podcast. You told me you love me too soon. It bothered me. <laughs> Two wizards are really cool to listen to. <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care. Good night, guys. Oh, hey, happy Halloween. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. He rolled upon his back. 
And after that, I kill them all!